Hello, everybody. Mr. Brown here with the Choose Well Program podcast. I am enjoying making these podcasts, and I hope you're enjoying consuming them, whether you're watching them on our YouTube channel or listening to them on a podcast platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcatcher that you use. I'm grateful that you're out there listening. We've been getting comments from some of you, and we're grateful for that. Whether you're an educator, you're a parent, or even students, students, you're welcome to listen to this as well. Our goal is to help schools build better cultures one choice at a time. For more information about all we do, check out the choosewellprogram.com. Again, it's the choosewellprogram.com. In this episode, we're talking about anxiety, anxiety in kids. And I'm talking to Dr. Terry Daniels, who is an expert because she's a doctor. No, she's an expert because of years of experience and her knowledge as a parent. And as one who got her doctor degree on helping how parents help parents can help their kids in their education, but also how important parents are, period. I think sometimes our culture has made us think that we're not as important parents, that our kids need other people. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lie that your kids don't need you because I've talked to them and they will say all the time needed because what happens is the kids start to rebel or kind of buck away from parents to get older. And then we start to go, OK, well, you don't want me. I don't want you either. I ain't going to be, you know, no. Parents, we got to be there for them because they need us more than they know, and they want us more than we know as well. So in this episode, we're talking about this, and we're going to talk about anxiety in several ways, that anxiety is a natural part of the body's response to stress. We're talking about how it's become so abnormal to have any kind of problems. We, we, we create this world. We think you're never going to have problems. You have any problems, you got, you're anxious about them. Life is full of problems. We need to teach our kids about teaching kids how to be resilient because they need that. Check out this podcast with Dr. Daniels and I discussing anxiety in kids. There's a lot of talk about anxiety. Um, Teens, kids being anxious, adults as well being anxious. And so today we're going to talk about that idea. Anxiety is normal. It's a normal emotion. Anxiety is a normal emotion. You know... Anxiety, the definition is it's your body's natural response to stress. It's natural. We all experience anxiety. And uh, I think probably what worries me a little bit is that the amount of not only children but adults too that are um, facing anxiety uh diagnoses these days and uh, some of it I think is is normal it's normal and we have created this illusion that life is supposed to be perfect and if you don't Hmm. feel if you don't feel perfect and you don't feel happy all the time something is wrong with you and so um, if something's wrong with you we need to fix it instead of experiencing it and realizing that It's normal, and we can get through it. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. So we need to run our disclaimer here that this (laughs) is only meant for entertainment. And (laughs) yes, I am a doctor of education, and uh, I will say that a lot of what I see is based on my experience and on my research. But um, I'm not saying that there is an anxiety that exists out there that is concerning for students. Here I go again with students, but with children, with teens. But I I think that some of it is normal and is not looked at as normal. So I guess what I would say is 
think back as a parent, think back to your own growing up. Think back to your own teenage years. And were you never feeling that anxiety, uncertainty, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to go ask a girl to dance across the room and she may say no. I, don't um, get me started on that because these boys these days don't have, they don't know, they what it's, don't know they what just it's pick up a like. phone and text a girl. Like you, you don't have to go see her. You don't have to do the walk of shame back to the class. Or even if we wanted to send a letter, you write a little note and circle yes or no, right? Everybody saw the note being passed except the teacher, right? And when you got the note, everybody could look at your facial expression and know, oh, he got dissed. Right. <laughs> and that was anxiety. You right. had to put your yourself out there that's part of anxiety um overcoming it is you put yourself out there you either get rewarded with that yes or disappointed with that no but you know what you didn't die out there from it right you got over it you survived it and it makes you stronger and i i i just see so many kids these days experiencing this and thinking it's not okay something's wrong with them and it's normal and i think that may actually lead to more anxiety more anxiousness i mean it's like a downward cycle i feel anxious about something i shouldn't feel anxious i shouldn't have a problem but i'm feeling anxious anyway and so it's just a downward cycle of i'm just feeling worse and worse and worse and i don't know about panic attacks anything like that but i can see how that can lead to a panic attack where you're just overly excessively anxious and i'm looking at this this definition we looked at it says you know the feeling of or um, anticipation um, about what's to come or apprehension about what's to come like the first day of school or going to an interview i mean we've all feel those senses of uh, anxiety about things that happen in our lives but i think we live in a world where it's more intense and it's more excessive and i don't think we know how to deal with it i i agree with you and i think that part of dealing with it is to deal with it right right I mean, <laughs> keep I, it simple, right, Doctor Terry? Yeah, Doctor Daniels, it. keeping it's it simple. Oh, hey, when I did my oral defense, do you not think I had apprehension? Of course, I did, and that's part of what I needed. If I just went in there and didn't have that feeling of after all this hard work, what's going to happen with it? Mm. You know, I mean, we all do that. You right. go to an interview. You go to whatever our kids are going to face this eventually at some point in their lives and if we try to make them think that what they are experiencing now is somehow wrong what's that going to do when they're an adult we see this all the time because so many people are in therapy or trying to find help and i don't want people out there to think that if you go to therapy It's wrong. wrong. No, I mean, it's great. I've been through therapy. I strongly think everybody should go through therapy. I think it it helps. And it it could be for a season. I mean, I I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with seeking help because everybody needs help at some point. Like, so it's nothing nothing wrong with therapy. But I get what you're you're saying. And let me ask you this question. Is it, could it be, and we're going to talk about sources of anxiety. Right. But could it be that we have such this entitlement or expectation of perfection that everything's supposed to go our way? To where if if any hint of that, then we get we get in a spiral of anxiousness. In other words, are we really challenging our kids to do hard things or are they just expecting life to look like Instagram all the time? I think that it is they are expecting that. And I don't know that we do all of that. I think that parents do some of that. 
We contribute to the... We contribute to it, but we know our society does. We know social media does. We know our kids' world is surrounded with this idea of perfection. A facade. And if a facade for sure. And if you don't have that or something sways that, our kids are getting a message that something's wrong with them. Again, it was in an earlier podcast I talked about... Way to go. Plug plug the podcast. Good job. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Don't ask... Don't ask kids like, what's wrong with you when you're frustrated with them because they're being different than you think they should be. That's sending a message that something's wrong with them. And then here comes that feeling of I can't measure up. And then that leads to, you know, I don't look right. I don't act right. Something's going on. And here comes that anxiety. A few years ago, I had a young man eighth grader come into my office and he was really, really upset and telling me what he was feeling, etc. And he started crying and he said, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I said to him, it's called anxiety and it's normal. And I think it's really important for us as parents to help our kids know that it is a natural normal emotion. Does it feel great? No, it does Mm. not. It doesn't feel great, but we all experience it. We all go through it and then help them to find healthy ways to get through it because anxiety is going to be there. It's going to be there. There's going to be that first day of school. There's going to be, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't like going to slumber parties. I was one of those kids that didn't want to spend the night at other people's houses. And I would have anxiety. I can remember. I would go to slumber parties because I didn't want to miss out, but I didn't fall asleep. I made myself <laughs> sick. I made myself sick. Mm. And, you know, breakfast at one. How, you remember those things, right? Right. That was anxiety. I mean, anxiety. We have these things. If we feel uncomfortable, we want to not feel uncomfortable. Right? We, right. Pe- yeah. That's our yeah, natural. Don't wanna- we don't want to feel that way. So what do we do? But we're labeling it as something I think it's easy to label now as something that is not normal when it is. And I see, and again, I'm not, I'm just telling you what I see in my experience. I could be wrong. Let me, let me state that. But sometimes I feel that some of the kids are gravitating toward it to belong, to, to be a part of something. I'm, I have anxiety. I have, it's like a badge of honor. I have anxiety. So to get attention sometimes, I'm not saying that they don't have anxiety, but it seems like we weren't using those terms before. Now the term is out there so much. It's like, let me say I have it too. Let me let me grab on to this. Let me identify. You know, look at me. Look at me. I have anxiety. And even sometimes posting on social media. It used to be you never post anything negative on social media. But now as you post anything to get attention. And I'm not saying they don't have it. But it just seems like it's a, it's it's in vogue to say I ha- I'm dealing with depression or I'm, I have anxiety. I don't know. Do you see that with some of your students? Or I'm sure there is some of that, and it does get attention. What I see is they, I would say a, a good amount of them see it as something's wrong with them. So they have it. They um, So they feel have, like they shouldn't be anxious about things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that because they are anxious, um they need special treatment, okay? Oh, gotcha. So kind of like a disability. Like I have an anxiety disorder, something's wrong with me. And so a lot of times I will talk to the students about how you'd be surprised at how many of these quote-unquote meetings I have with students or with students and parents 
of students that have anxiety. It is not, you're not the only one. That kind of shows or makes them feel, in my experience, like, oh, good, because they're feeling like something's wrong with them. So the parents will feel like, okay, great. You, the parents not great to have it, but there's other kids who are dealing with this too. It's a, right, and right. I think the parents, I, A, um, again, I'm just speaking generally from experience right now. I think the parents don't probably know how many kids I see in school that do deal with it or have been diagnosed with it. Hmm. So um, when you say diagnosed, they're diagnosed with an anxiety disorder or they just, just, di- just, just they have anxiety? You know, is there, is there a difference when they're when they're diagnosed? Do they have? Does it say it's a difference between those two, or just they're diagnosed with anxiety, which means they get medicine? I mean, where's the? Is there a spectrum of that when these diagnoses are involved? There's a spectrum of it, but I don't know. It always is um, clarified to okay. to the to the child or the parents. I I don't know. And again, I don't want to overstep and get into the medical side because there are anxiety disorders. But a lot of times uh, now it's very common, very common for um, parents to come and say they they would like a special plan or a special um, accommodation for their child because their child experiences anxiety. Now, that's what gets my question. So do they come and say, hey, the doctor, here's a diagnosis. Yes. They, they say, my kid, is, so we want an IEP or special plan. For, right. Okay. Yeah, you don't just get an IEP for anxiety. So we, that's a whole nother issue. That's a whole issue. other thing. <laughs> but <laughs> so, they're asking for some kind of special plan. Yes. Even though it's not an IEP, they're asking for A 504 or whatever. Yeah, they're, they, they're asking for special accommodations for their child. And you get a lot of, of those. That. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't a know A lot. Um, and I think more so probably because we, um, have been going through the COVID-19 and the kids are on distance learning, isolated, hybrid model, whatever, uh, type of, um, type of school program that's going on in their own district. Um, so I think we know that there's more anxiety, depression, et cetera, being reported among teens and kids. Um, with the COVID issues and being home and isolated. Um, but even before COVID, we were seeing more and more of it. So let's talk about that. Let's transition to some of the sources we see, some of the sources of anxiety that you see in, in your experience. So I would say there's a lot. Um, and it could, again, range in spectrum. I think a lot is kids being in middle school, again, um, middle means they're in the middle, so they're learning who they are. They're just experiencing growing up. And so they may have questions of different things in their lives. Again, am I normal? So perhaps it's dealing with gender identity, okay? That's a normal thing to deal with when you're in middle school, just kind of realizing your own who you are. Um, that could be peer pressure, Kids noticing them. I mean, middle school and high school, but in particular, I think middle school even more so is you want to fit in. Kids want to fit in, right? They want to be, uh, they don't want to stand out from the crowd. They don't want to be called on by their teachers in class. So I think we, we see those kinds of things. They put pressure on themselves. I see a lot of parents putting pressure on kids. And we're talking parenting, and I, again, 
don't want it to come across as uh, parents, you're not doing things right, but please be kind. Don't expect your kids to be perfect. A um, lot of pressure coming from parents. So, so you so far you said there's like, I mean, I'm just, I'm writing down like right. two sources, external, internal. So external would be some of the, you know, peer pressure in school. Internal would be their own personal identity, one to fit in, um, one to be accepted. Like I feel like everybody needs acceptance, affirmation. We all need it. So they're seek that that's part of it. I that is definitely part of it. And um and then I would have to say the social media aspect cannot be denied. And I think that for me is because I think social media is a social experiment. I think, and I don't know if you've seen some of those new documentaries. Yes, about social, yeah, social dilemma. dilemma and, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think this is a, a, an experiment, but we we take what's normal, and then we have exponentially threw it on top of that. Like these cell phones and access to the world, and more importantly, the world having access to them and not knowing to do it. So back in the day, we dealt with the peer pressure of seeing kids in our class. But we had no idea what kids in Italy were doing. And we can care less. Right. <laughs> we didn't care what kids in Brazil were doing or kids in another state were doing. We were consumed with what's going on right here in my little small town or my city that I live in. Now we're dealing with all comparing ourselves to all of the world. So comparing is one thing. And the other thing I would say is when we were younger without social media, you something may have happened at school. Maybe, you know, you got in a fight with someone or were arguing or whatever. You could go home. And you didn't have to deal with that till the next right, morning right. at school. You may not, you may have like not wanted to go back to school because, you know. Um, but you can't get away with it now. It's but, all over. Yeah. No, you, it doesn't go away, right? So now you go home, you've got your phone, you're looking, kids are talking about <laughs> you, they're t- saying what happened, and then all of a sudden they're. I, I said this in another podcast as well. Uh, discipline, social media has made uh, administration a really <laughs> big. We. We deal with a lot of cyberbullying, and kids can be mean on there. Adults, yeah. too, let's face right, it. Right. And so another thing on that, that's kind of another role model thing, is is uh, parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be bullies to other people or be saying negative things like that in front of your kids. You are setting a role model. When we were growing up, you had to attach yourself to the phone that had a cord, right? But at a certain point, that phone was put away. It was, did no one have access to your life after a certain time, right? You couldn't call her house. Mm-hmm. Hello, no, what time, son, do you know what time it is? No, you cannot talk to my daughter. I've just clicked, right? right? That's number one. Number two, as you mentioned, the only little bit of outside we had was he said, she said over the phone, and that was very limited. But now it is free reign. All day, every day, kids have access to each other. They have access to what other people are saying about them. They have access to post anything all day long, every day. It can't be healthy. It cannot be healthy, and I know it's not. It's not. And uh, I would strongly suggest that parents do get involved in that piece. and Cut not, the cord. <laughs> do not let your kids take their phones to bed with them at night. And you know what? If, if that's their alarm clock, get them an old-fashioned one or whatnot. It might um, work better, actually. <laughs> because these kids are on TikTok and Instagram and whatever, Snapchat, all of those, they are on in the middle of the night. Right. And they tell me. They yeah. tell me, I'll tell you, the kids are pretty darn honest. Do you with remember me the simile I did? And I, I asked that to your kids. The hands went up. Like, how many are on your phones all night? How many wake up when the when the but they wake up when they get a notification? And the thing, I don't. As an adult, I can't handle that. Like, why would we expect our our middle school kids to handle that? And we can do. A whole, I think we should do an episode on 
just giving parent advice with social media and cell phones, period. Because I think there's some guidelines that they need to be in place with our kids to help them grow and develop, to be responsible with these things and not just let it go. Hey, here you go. But I think it's a huge source of anxiety. And I will admit, I tell the kids all all the time when I speak, I would not want to be a kid today. It is much tougher to be a kid today. So I'm not minimizing this anxiety because there's so many more sources in the social media and cell phones. I can't even, it's not even two times. It's like exponentially more than what we dealt with.